Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Sunday, we know that the, the preeminent uh, scripture or passage for Pentecost Sunday is Acts chapter 2. But I want to look at some different scriptures that refer to the same Holy Spirit and how He operates in our life. In John chapter 7, it says that Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Now, in biblical times, you know, today we say, I love you with my whole heart. In biblical times, it was not the heart they would talk about, but the belly. It was out of the belly was the seat of the spirit and the emotions. Can you imagine how romantic it would be to walk up to somebody and say, honey, I love you with all of my guts, all of my belly. Well, you know, it's out of the belly, the Holy Spirit, out of the innermost being, the Holy Spirit will flow as a river. And then John 7 says this, by this, Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit, the river, whom those who believed in Jesus were later to receive. Up to this time, they had not yet received because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out. Why? Because Jesus had been glorified and ascended to the Father. And like our sister was talking about, Jesus, who is no longer physically with us, gave us his spirit to indwell us, to walk with us, to be our comforter, our paraclete, our helper, and our empowerer. And that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. And on the day of Pentecost, it says that he came as a rushing mighty wind. He came as tongues of fire that separated and rested upon each one of them. But throughout Scripture, there are numerous different symbols that, uh, that uh, speak of the, the person and the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. And here in John 7, one of those is the river of God. So that's where I wanted you to jump for a moment to Ezekiel 47. And it tells us a little bit about the river of God. And this demonstrates who the Holy Spirit is and how He works in our lives. In Ezekiel 47, Ezekiel the prophet is taken by an angel and he's shown a, a river. It was not a physical, natural river that existed on earth, but it was a symbolic river talking about the work and power of the Holy Spirit. And so the angel took Ezekiel to the water and it was coming out from the threshold of the temple toward the east, and it says, the water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. The angel brought me out through the north gate and led me outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. As the angel went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and led me through water that was ankle deep. So the first exposure, the first experience of the river of God was in the water that was up to his ankles. His feet were covered up. Verse 4. The angel measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. He asked me, Son of man, do you see this? Then the angel led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. The angel said, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, which is a desert, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it enters into the sea, the salt water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. 
There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there makes the salt water fresh. And hear this. So where the river flows, everything will live. Understand, this is talking about the Holy Spirit. Wherever the Holy Spirit is flowing, everything comes to life. That the life that our nation is clamoring for, the life that God wants to release in and through his church is not found in programs and plans, though God will bless those. The life that God is bringing to us is not going to be found in any political party or any uh, uh, legal uh, decision by the Supreme Court. We pray for godliness and righteousness in all these areas, but the answer for our nation and the answer for us is not the circumstances of life. It is the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us because there, everything comes alive. And when the Holy Spirit flows through you, you can release the life of Jesus everywhere you go. So let's look at this just for a few moments. First, Ezekiel the prophet is taken by the angel to water that is up to his ankles. When you're in water, if you've ever gone wading in a creek or a river and you begin to walk in, when you first jump in or first uh, put your toe in, put your foot in, uh, it might be cold and you're, you're not sure. Do I, do I really dare to jump into all of this? I remember as a teenager, not real far from here, Front Royal, Virginia, back in the day, there used to be a big Jesus event called uh, Fishnet. Anybody go to Fishnet back in the day? I started going there when I was 15 years old in 1978. And so we would camp in the mountains. There'd be 20 or 30,000 of us. And we would bathe, you know, as much as we were with bathing suits. Or we would go to the mountain streams and creeks around here. And when you first put your foot in there, you're like, you know what? I could maybe smell for another day. But when you dip the toe in, you realize it can be refreshing in the middle of a 95 or 100 degree day in July during fish net. And so you begin to wade in and some people will dive right in, but many of us will take a step and it will take another step. So when you begin to wade into the river of the Holy Spirit, it is when you first begin your walk with Jesus because when we are born again, when we're saved, it says the Holy Spirit enters into our being. Our body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so when you walk into the Holy Spirit, there's a cleansing that begins to happen. We begin to walk and share Jesus with people. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Do you know when you share Jesus with somebody, it might be preaching in Pakistan or it might be giving a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. But when you reveal Jesus to someone, the Bible says your feet are beautiful. Even if they don't have neon shoes on like our sister had a moment ago. And so we begin to wade into the river of God. But salvation is not the fullness. It is our entrance into the kingdom life. But it is not yet the fullness as you continue on, Ezekiel is taken to water that is up to his knees. Knees speak of two different things in Scripture. One is humility, and that is bowing before the Lordship of Christ. Understand, when we first get saved, we are, we are positionally sanctified. What that means is that our sins are washed as far as the east is from the west. And when Jesus, when the Father looks at us through the blood of Jesus Christ, he doesn't see our sin, he doesn't see our failures and our past. We become new creations in him. But we've got to begin to walk out that discipleship. 
And so there's uh, the day is going to come when every knee will bow, but we don't want to wait until the day that we're forced to bow the knee. In the Spirit of God, He begins to convict me of my unchristlikeness. He begins to speak to me about sin. Yes, my sin's been forgiven, but sometimes I'm still walking, especially as a baby Christian, and having struggles with habits of sin. It doesn't mean I'm not saved, but God takes me further and deeper where I bow my knee to the Lordship of Christ. Not only that, but as we progress in our walk in the Holy Spirit, He teaches us how to pray. Isn't that another thing needs would speak of? Romans says sometimes we don't know how to pray. Anybody been there? You're so overwhelmed by what's going on, you can't figure out how to pray. What are the words? What do I say? How do I approach God with all of this? And Romans says that the Holy Spirit helps us in those times of weakness and prays through us and for us with words and groans that cannot even be uttered. This is not only praying in tongues and praying in the Spirit, but sometimes when you don't know of anything, you can say and there's just a groan in your spirit. This is the Holy Spirit teaching us how to war and to fight in prayer. Back in the 70s and 80s, there was a Christian music group called Petra. Anybody remember Petra? I still irritate Kim. Occasionally I'll break into, God gave rock and roll to you. That's Petra, not, not kiss. Um, anyway. But Petra had a song that said, get down on your knees and fight like a man. You see, true spiritual warfare is not done by a loudmouth preacher in the pulpit. True spiritual warfare is done when a believer in Christ goes before the Lord and the Spirit of God wars in the Spirit of God through us. That's part of being filled with the Spirit of God. Number three, the angel takes Ezekiel to water that's not just to the knees, but to the waist. And without being too blunt about it, the waist here speaks of intimacy and birth. There's a place in prayer, there's a place in the Spirit that goes beyond just warring in prayer, goes beyond just uh, speaking in tongues, and that is a deep, loving intimacy with Jesus. And it's in that place of intimacy that birth happens, that God releases the, the fullness of His purpose and His destiny in our lives. And so Daniel 11, I think it's in 32, it says, they that know God, the word know here in Hebrew is the word yada, Y-E-D-A-H. It's the same word used in Genesis where it says Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bare a son. The same dimension of intimacy that produces childbirth is the same dimension of intimacy we are called and invited and wooed and romanced into in God. But this only comes by the Holy Spirit. It's not a song I sing. It's not a prayer I utter. It is a lifestyle of responding to the draw of the Spirit of God. But then finally, Ezekiel's taken to a river that is deep enough to swim in. And when you are in water deep enough to swim in, what is the only part of the body that shows above the water? The head. I believe there's coming an awakening of the Spirit of God throughout the nations and in our nation. It's going to be so deep and so strong. The world is not going to see the church, and they're not going to identify the church about the things that we're against and the politics we believe in, but they're going to identify the church by one thing, and that's Jesus. Because we're going to be immersed in, baptized in the Holy Spirit. You see the analogy, right? The correlation when we are baptized, immersed in, dunked in the Holy Spirit, the only one that is seen is Jesus. 
And when you are in that kind of depth, your feet are no longer in the security of the ground or the earth. Years ago, Kim and I were in Brazil. We were ministering. And during the day, we were working at an orphanage and night preaching crusades. And so we took the boys from the orphanage to the, uh, to the beach, Fortaleza, Brazil. It sticks the furthest, furthest out in the Atlantic Ocean of the South American continent. Now, Kim grew up in Missouri. They throw sand around a lake and they call it a beach. As a, as a teenager, I was a street preacher and, and did a little bit of surfing. I mean, you know, I may not look like much of a surfer now, but back in that day, I could hang tin a little. And, and um, you know, I, so I was out body surfing in, in Brazil, and uh, Kim was just at the, the first part of the water. She got caught in the riptide. The sand she was standing on began being ripped out of under her, and she started being pulled under. And I had to come rescue her and be her Prince Charming, you know. But understand, when your, your feet are no longer, no longer on the security of the ground, it sounds exciting to get swept away in the spirit, doesn't it? But it's going to cause you and I to have to let go of our security and the things that we know and go with the flow of the river of God. And so wherever the river flows, we're going to see his touch and his power. So let's bring it down to a close. You go on and realize the source of the river is God. The river flows from the temple of God, the throne of God. No man, no ministry, no uh, preacher has the power to give you the Holy Spirit. Only God can fill you and refill you and keep you flowing in the Spirit of God. He is the source. What is the force of the river, the course of the river? Number two, the, force, the source is the throne from God. The course is to the desert and the Dead Sea. The desert is the dry places. The Dead Sea is the barren places and the dead places of my life and culture around us. God wants to touch you. He wants to fill you so that you're no longer dead and dry inside, even as a believer. And then he wants to flow through you into the dead, dry, barren places of culture around us. So that's the source, the course. What is the force of the river? Very quickly, the force of the Holy Spirit is that the barren land produces where you've been working and witnessing and sowing and praying and giving, and it seems to have no harvest, God's going to yet bring a harvest of all you poured out. What is the force? The bitter becomes sweet. The salt water of the Dead Sea becomes fresh. God is going to cause life again to have joy and peace and purpose instead of just wandering through life. And then lastly, with the force of the river, everything will live. It says, where the river flows, there will be large numbers of fish. Fish symbolize souls. I'll make you fishers of men. Do you want to see people saved? Look, it's one thing to stand online or stand on a platform in another nation like India and Pakistan and preach to mass crowds. You give a call, and yes, thousands respond. You don't know how sincere every heart is. You trust and know that the ministries you work with are planting churches and following up. But can I tell you something? And I remember I did this years ago when I used to teach evangelism. You know, those of us that do some of these bigger type of events, we can preach and see thousands saved every day, and yet it pales in comparison to the total number of souls that can be won by you. If you win a disciple of soul in one, one every year and let it multiply and multiply, you could reach the world much quicker than any of us evangelists could. The Holy Spirit is the one that empowers you to see the fish come in and be fishers of men. And so, 
Today, the invitation is on the day of Pentecost, do you want your belly to erupt? (laughs) Are you ready for the Holy Spirit like a fountain, like a geyser to explode out of your spirit and be one who's in the river of God, flowing wherever he flows? Stand to your feet with me. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.